Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Illinois loses right at the buzzer. The buzzer-beaten Wolverines take them down. Close but no cigar as the Illini go into the big house and almost take down undefeated number three Michigan, 1917, the final. I'm Andy Olson. I'm a little uh, alone up here in Michigan. Bryce Beeman taking care of the high school games back in central Illinois. Brett Barron's out in Las Vegas covering Illinois basketball. So I, I was considering who do I know that knows Illinois football, has experienced the highs and the lows, but also, you know, is here in Michigan that would have watched the game and know what, what happened in it. I was just, I was just racking my mind. And uh, actually, I, I, I do know someone. Who could it be? I, I don't I'm very happy to be joined by a very familiar <laughs> voice. Marley Weirda joining me on this podcast. Hi Marley. Hello. Excited to be back. Welcome back to the three in one <laughs> podcast. Did you miss me? Hello. Lots of people did. I think your goodbye was like our highest rated episode of all time. As it should be. On as the it three should in one be. Pod. Marley up here working for for Wood, the NBC affiliate in Grand Rapids, Michigan, has been covering a lot of uh, Michigan football this year. So we decided let's get the band back together for one more yeah, podcast. The reunion. The reunion. <laughs> Marley, we're, well, let's talk about this game. You've been covering Michigan all year. Uh, one of the closer scares for the Wolverines yes. so far yes. this season. Probably the biggest scare for them yeah. all and season. Illinois really giving it to them. Chase Brown having a phenomenal game once again. Uh, but field goals being the difference in this one. Illinois only let Michigan into the end zone one time. It was the opening drive touchdown by Blake Corum. And then from there, it was four field goals from Moody, who sealed the thing. <laughs> yes. And you've been telling me, he's kind of been their best player this he year. He has been, um, particularly in this game and the MSU Michigan rivalry game um he also had like four field goals as well and it's so shocking to me that this Michigan team can be in the conversation for uh, a national title and a playoff spot when their best player is arguably their kicker I would go as far to say like he scored maybe the most points behind Blake Corum of anybody on the team and that's unbelievable to me um Michigan just got I don't want to say got really lucky, but kind of. They did. Um, so it, it's interesting how this one finished. And I, I was warning all the Michigan fans this year, Andy. I said, it, it, people are going to overlook Illinois. This Michigan team is going to overlook Illinois. And I know coming from there and knowing the team, I knew that they were going to come to Ann Arbor and give Michigan a challenge. I warned everybody. I said, Illinois might be Michigan. They, I would go – I was even like – put in bets on it. I was like, I, I think Illinois beats Michigan. Mm. And up until the fourth quarter, they it, had it. it looked that way. It looked like, well, I'm like, I told you guys, I told you. Um, so for this one to come down to the wire is exactly what I anticipated. Just so happens the Wolverines do what a, you know, top five team should do. They eke out the win and keep their, you know, playoff dreams alive. Well, Tommy DeVito having a good game as well. No touchdowns from him. No turnovers either. 178 yards on uh, 21 of 30 passing. Not a good day for the opposing QB, J.J. McCarthy. I think the Illinois defense did a good job keeping him in check. He was 18 for 34 with uh, 208 yards in this one. I brought up Quorum. He had the lone touchdown for the Wolverines on the day, and he was dicing up Illinois in the first half before 
having to leave with a knee injury. And in the second half, you know, we saw that without Corum, not a lot of rushing attack from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And Illinois was really able to keep him in check from that point on. And McCarthy really had to step up at that point. Uh, so, Marley, I'll, I'll ask you, you've been watching Michigan all year. Mm-hmm. Does it surprise you that without Corum, the, the Michigan offense can't, can't go? Isn't isn't able no. to go like they, they yeah, can? Yeah, absolutely not. I like have been explaining Blake Corum is he's just a very good like punch it in, you know, from five yards out running back. And that's why he has as as many touchdowns as he does. He's just a guy that you know, it, it Mr. Move the Chains, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's just getting them, like, the yardage that they need when they're in a tough spot, handed to Blake Corum, he gets it done. And I don't think J.J. McCarthy, it, he's a talented quarterback, very good. Obviously, he's, you know, leading the offense on an undefeated Michigan team, and I'm not taking anything away from that, but Michigan is likes to run the ball a lot, and when they don't have their top running back in, um, it makes sense that they got to go to their kicker and that – you know, J.J. McCarthy isn't able to move the offense the way that he would like it to. I mean, he went 18 for 34. I think that's yeah. probably one of his worst games um, of this season. Well, it just goes to show that both these teams are two of the top defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. They came in yeah, number and one. That's, that, you're right. Like, that may be a testament to mm-hmm. Illinois' defense, which we've seen do good things this year, and the same thing with Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they both came in uh, number one, number two in team defense in the country. Definitely proved that. Those stats are indeed correct. Uh, good day on defense. Sidney Brown led the way in tackles. No sacks once again for the Illini as they struggled to really get mm. any kind of penetration on that offensive line for Michigan, uh, which, by the way, is the both of these teams, Illinois and Michigan, up for the Joe Moore Award, which is the uh, award for offensive line units as a whole for some of the best mm-hmm. in the country. So Illinois going up against some tough competition. And this one, Devin Witherspoon, I felt like had a really good day, was able to keep Bell in check mostly. He had his catches, but it came against some of the other cornerbacks, which Illinois is not, uh, not very deep in at the moment with some injuries to Taz Nicholson and Terrell Jennings this year. Um, but Witherspoon showing once again that he is – one of the one of the best in, in the country, and will probably get drafted pretty high in the NFL draft. It all comes down to a penalty at the end, though, yeah. on a first and ten from just past midfield. Give Michigan fifteen more yards on a penalty called on Devin Witherspoon. I've seen a lot of nation on Twitter not very happy <laughs> with that call. Brett Bielema was not very happy with that call after the game. Uh, and I can't blame him for yeah. being, being unhappy with that. Uh, and Witherspoon had a tough game against Purdue as well when mm-hmm. he was getting called for for a lot of pass interference. And he just likes to play physical. And Sidney Brown told me after the game that uh, he thought the refs let them play a little bit today. Uh, That's good. Which is great. You love that. You let the guys have let the guys play. Right, right. Um, but it, it seemed like a soft call on Witherspoon there at the end. But, you know. There are other points in the game where Illinois could have converted. They had the ball with three minutes left. That's true. All they needed was two first downs, and and they went three and out in this one. Yeah. Uh, would have been one of the best victories in, in Robert Rosenthal on the Sunday No Huddle told me it would have been top five in program history. Oh, absolutely. It would have probably just been one of the best Illinois sports weekends with the basketball yeah, team right? winning over UCLA just a couple of days ago. Um Man, that and I, I had a feeling like Illinois was gonna pull it off, but it, it's just it's it's so Illinois, I guess, right? Like it's still the, the the narrative that uh, 
um, like to knock Michigan out of uh, potentially like playoff contention. Yeah. That would have been crazy for, and I think they were due for a win too, right? Like we saw it last year when <clears throat> Illinois went to Penn State. Nobody yeah. thought that they were going to win, and they pull off this miraculous nine mm-hmm. overtime win. I think they were coming off a loss that week too. Then they go in and take down. Um, ranked Minnesota the following week, right? So it's, and after two losses, I was like, you know, like this Illinois team, they have a way of bouncing back and, and being, and I think this was still like a, a gritty fight for them to oh, come 100%. into the to the big house and challenge Michigan the most that this Wolverines team has been challenged all year, I think says a lot to Illinois and is a, you know, a testament to them and the, the level of football that they're playing right now. I think this was probably Michigan's lowest scoring game of the season mm-hmm. to hold Michigan to one touchdown and a bajillion field goals <laughs> um, says a lot about what Illinois is is doing right now. Yeah, I don't think you can leave this game without being optimistic with Illinois, like hanging in there with one of the best teams in the country. I know it hurts, and I know there's disappointment that Illinois not able to come out with the win in this one, mm-hmm. but they proved so much as a program, I think, today. Because you can look at the rest of the year – you're beating Minnesota, you're beating Wisconsin, you're beating Iowa. It's like, yeah, but those teams are kind of down this year. Mm-hmm, you know, none of them mm-hmm. were ranked at the time that they were playing. I know, I yeah. think Minnesota had been receiving votes, but that was it. This was the number three undefeated <clears throat> team in the country, and you go toe to toe with I them. Know. They uh, were due for that statement win. Do you know were, what I'm saying, though? Yeah. They like every year there seems to be like at least mm-hmm. one of those. Has there been one yet? I, maybe like earlier in the year. Yeah, I think the at Wisconsin one was huge because it was Brett Bielema's return true, yeah. to Madison. Um, just kind of that streak going Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota wins. Right. I think was really really important. And then they were what five and one they to got, start yeah. the year. That was big. And they got they got up to seven and one now before losing three straight, which of course hurts. You mm-hmm. know, you never want to lose three straight, but seven wins is the most you've had in the regular season since. 2007. Yeah. It's been 15 years. So still plenty of positives to look at this one. Marley, I want to ask you, I mean, Chase Brown, he just is, he just is incredible. Mm-hmm. And coming off that sprained ankle against Purdue and then playing in this one, 140 yards, two touchdowns. From afar, are you surprised that after having, you know, covered him for mm-hmm. a few years that he's made this breakout? Um, well, we were talking about this yesterday, Andy, that it was crazy that Illinois had him last year yeah. and he, you know, wasn't getting utilized as much under offensive coordinator, Tony Peterson now under, um, it Barry, Barry Lunny, Lunny, Barry Lunny. Yes. Um, he, uh, what, like top five running backs in the country right now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's awesome to see. And I think, you know, I know this is, I've seen this debate on the bird app is like you know the Illini fans want to see Chase Brown in the uh, Heisman conversation and I I think you know he he's deserving I think when you you look at Chase Brown you look at Blake Corum who Corum is in you know those conversations I think um you know Chase Brown is right up there with him I think they're kind of like different Style, like they're they're different have different styles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um like Chase Brown kinda gets a little bit more like distance. Um but and like Corum is a more like a red zone running back, but I forget the question. I was rambling. I was just asking, <laughs> oh. I was just asking about your thoughts on, oh, yeah. on Brown. I've, I've, been, I've been impressed um with him and he's a great guy too. He deserves it. Um all the credit that, you know, he's um gotten this season. So it's it's good to see him 
you know, leading this offense. And, you know, he, what, he's had how many straight games with 100? He got uh, broken it, against Purdue because he had – or Michigan – one of Michigan State or Purdue because he had 98 uh, yards, I know. Yeah. He, he had gotten it up to 10 straight, um, which was just an incredible streak yeah. in and of itself. I mean, right. he's their best weapon right now. And uh, yeah. it's – yeah. He's going to get drafted. He's been so good for Illinois. Yes. Up to 1,582 yards on the year. That leads the nation. Mohamed Ibrahim is right behind him. He's got 1,524. And then Corum comes in at third, 1,457. Yeah. Uh, the difference is that Ibrahim and Corum have 19 and 18 rushing touchdowns, while Chase only yes. has nine. But that's because that's what Michigan uses Corum for. Yeah. They get it all the way to the goal line, essentially, and then they just hand it off to Corum. But it, it, can you really count, like, you know, six of those touchdowns? Like, when you score, like, five touchdowns against yeah. a, a UConn team in the red zone, it's kind of, like, makes it a little <laughs> less impressive, maybe. Sure. Um I don't mean to sound like a Blake Corum hater, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, we'll see how where it comes down to how much the how many how the Heisman voters rank yes. that when it comes down to it. Uh, you missing out on covering a really good Illinois year? Yes. <laughs> what the heck? I leave and now you guys are good. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So it's typical. Unbelievable. So typical. Uh, but I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud. I. I, I don't know. I, I like the underdog story. It's, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we were talking about this yesterday too. It's interesting to go from, you know, a place like Illinois where I felt like I was very much a part of like the rebuild. Cause I started in Champaign working there when Lovey was there. Then we go through the coaching change. Then we saw Bielema's first year and then I left, but it was cool. Like just watching the program grow into what it is today and where Illinois is going to a bowl game. Um, they start the season five and one, and they're obviously a very much improved team from where they were, you know, four years ago. It was cool to watch that growth and be a part of it and get to know the coaches and the players. And now at Michigan, it's real. it's very different because yeah. there's a much different vibe and an attitude it's like okay this is the expectation is to win every single game and you know I I've followed along with Michigan for you know a lot of my life um I don't know if a lot of people know this but both my parents went to Michigan so I've been watching Michigan football for a long time but I never quite felt a a part of it the way I did at Illinois so it's interesting now I, I I just I love the underdog narrative like I I always root for the underdog and so being at Michigan is is weird because it's fun to cover a winning team but yeah. it's like oh they're so good this is awesome but it's just it's very different I don't feel as part of like the fight I guess if that makes sense well you get to cover a really fun game this coming weekend yes the game the game Michigan Ohio State in Columbus number two versus number three both undefeated Illinois final regular season game at Northwestern who is one in ten Having lost 10 straight You're now. telling me that's not the biggest game in nah, college football I don't think game day is going to Evanston. <laughs> uh, but Illinois will definitely want to win the hat once again yes. against Northwestern. Uh, should be an exciting one for yeah. you in Columbus. I'd it be, should be. I'm I'd excited. Be that. I, I am. I am. I wish it was. You know, we got all this snow here in Michigan this week. It I was wish bad. it was like. Uh, a snow like Michigan Ohio State in the snow yeah. with all the red and Columbus but I'm I'm really excited I've never been to Columbus before um to cover a football game so I've never seen Ohio State play in person either so that'll be fun and you know this is going to have some very big implications for 
the playoff. Um, I expect the Wolverine fans to travel well to this one as well. Um, and it, it's weird too, because like living in Michigan, people don't even like the state of Ohio. It's so <laughs> like there is su such it's a, a hatred, rivalry. even like yeah. people who are Michigan state fans, which like arguably is not like the bigger rivalry. It's obviously Michigan and Ohio state. That's, um, you know, has that more intense rivalry. Michigan state fans are still like, yeah, like we hate o Ohio, just the state. I'm like, what the state is for? What did the state do to you? Like, <laughs> I get if you don't want to like Ohio state football, but like it, there is just a vendetta against yeah. the state of Ohio. It's so funny. Um, So you could see really though, like this one is fueled by hate. If I thought like Michigan, Michigan state was pretty intense. I, I can only imagine what Michigan, Ohio State is yeah. going to be like. This is my first trip to the big house, by the way. How was that? It was it was big. Yeah, it was a big the house. house. Was big. <laughs> uh, got to see the the famous single singular tunnel mm -hmm. uh, for, for oh, Michigan yes. Stadium. We love it. <laughs> uh, it was really cool. I mean, I understand why that's one of the the grandest places in mm -hmm. college football. So for me, as a, a fan of the sport that I am, being able to uh, experience that in person was really cool. The cold was certainly interesting. Yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, the forecast was a high of 25, I believe. Fabulous. On the day. Uh, I don't know what it actually got up to. It felt a lot colder than that. Yeah. The sun was out at kickoff, and then the right. sun went away at about halftime. But then add like, in the wind chill, and you're exactly. It's the recipe for I think disaster. Gusts were up to 34. In yeah. the stadium, it was a little bit better, but it was certainly swirling, so it was oh, it was not fun. I but know. Uh, I did like Michigan. I was it, it was. Illinois fans are not going to want me to want to hear this, but I enjoyed listening yeah. to Hail to the Victors and, and things like that. Yes, but that's like an iconic, mm -hmm. you know, like... You can hate them and not saying that I hate them. Yes. I'm talking about like Illinois fans. You can hate them and understand that it is a cool spectacle. Absolutely. And, you know, like that that's across all sports, you know what I mean? Like there's certain places and arenas and, you know, I've always wanted to go to... Um, well, I have been to Nebraska. I have been to the other Memorial Stadium, but it was yeah. during COVID. So there was like nobody that, you know, like that whole, like everything yep. like decked out in red. I think it would have been really cool to see like um, Memorial Stadium over in Nebraska. But that is the same thing for Ohio State. Like I'm very excited to experience that environment. And I think fans can recognize that too, yeah. as much as you want to hate Michigan. Well, it was uh, a, a really fun game, I think. Like I said, as disappointing as the end was, if you're an Illinois fan, I think you can find the the positives to take out of mm -hmm. this one. As hard as that can be to swallow yeah. at the moment. And the positive is that Illinois held Michigan to their like closest game yeah. of the... Well, let me like fact check this, but mm -hmm. hold on. I, I think it had to have been. I don't think Michigan had... Pretty much, it, this has been the narrative for Michigan all season, is they go into... The first half, kind of slow. Maybe mm -hmm. they'll be leading by, like, a score or a field goal by halftime. And then, like, when they come out of the locker room, they blow whatever, yeah. you know, cupcake team out of the water at a halftime. But let's see. Yeah, I think their closest, or at least as far as my memory serves, their closest of the game was really that Indiana game. And that, of course, had the extenuating circumstance of Mike Hart having that seizure on the sideline, their, their yeah. running backs coach. But they still so, won by like exactly. 20 points. They still came out of the locker room. At, you know, this one truly from start to finish was, I think, their closest game of the year. Yeah. Biggest scare. I mean, they, they've just had like a cupcake schedule. The only team that I guess like truly challenged them would have been Penn State. Um, at the time, that was like a, you know, five versus 
10 matchup mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Um, so that was their first like ranked opponent that came in to the big house. And for Illinois, I mean, Illinois was ranked this year, too, and, it you know, they probably still would have been if they hadn't, you know, suffered those last couple losses. But, yeah, this is the closest game that Michigan has had all year, and the holding the Wolverines to only one touchdown is insane. Yeah. So, it was clap re- it up for Illinois. It was a really <laughs> good performance, and we will see how they finish the season now, trying to get to that eight-win mark against Northwestern. They got the bowl game to look forward to at the moment. Mm-hmm. Big Ten title game is out of the question at this point, but you kind of figured that after the past two home games as well. So yes. not not new information there. It's but it could been, still happen, right? They, but like a lot of things have to happen for Illinois. I believe they are eliminated now. Fully eliminated? After Purdue beat Northwestern. Oh, so. yes, you're right. Uh, so won't be a game in Indianapolis, but you are probably going to still get a good bowl game here coming yeah. up. Hopefully one in Florida. We're, we're keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, Marley, let's wrap up. Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? I don't know. I'd rather be doing a pod with Ve- uh, with Brett in Vegas than uh, <laughs> okay, maybe fair. on my, my couch in uh, <laughs> Grand Rapids. But Fair. No, no. I, Brett will have fun at whatever bowl game he gets to go to. Yeah. That's And that's fun. He deserves it. And that'll be cool for you guys to cover. I'm just I'm sad I'm missing out. I'm covering a good football team, but I'm like, "Oh, I miss Illinois. They were so it was just a fun little yeah, come beat back some to time. cover." Yeah, maybe I'll come back for a little basketball game or something. We'll get you back on the air. Some yes. one one way or another. One maybe have me on. I was, you know, I wished I was in Ann Arbor covering yeah. the Illinois Michigan game, um but we had a lot of high school football stuff we needed to get to so I wasn't able to make the trip but I, I was like oh put me on the pregame show you know <laughs> um for old time's sake yeah. but I'm glad to be back on another podcast another podcast <laughs> well thank you so much Marley for for joining us Brett will have uh the report later on Sunday from uh the championship game at the Continental Tire main event in Las Vegas Vegas Illinois, baby Illinois basketball taking on Virginia after the Atlanta beat number 8 UCLA on Friday should be a really fun one we also have the Sunday no huddle coming up in the podcast feed a little bit later today you're getting peppered with podcasts on Sunday hopefully you enjoy them all a lot of people are going to listen to this one cuz it's, it's Marley hey Marley's on the pod <laughs> Marley thanks it, so much it. it was good catching up Yes, as always. As always. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. We will catch you after the next podcast. Uh, Like I said, we'll see you soon.